passed in a world called Spanth. The land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call. Of Dragon Town. Hello and welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town, uh, an original yay. Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Yay. I am Jamie, your host and game master, and to my left we have Rodri Wilder Swibfeds, Chevin Dunkelstein, Galavin Aurelis, uh, John Cumberlandary. <laughs> awesome, and Jared, would you please give us our recap? By the way, that was our special guest, Danny Cullen. Oh, Coming yeah. in hot Excuse as John me. Cumberland. January may be over, January. but... January. I believe we call it. January. I just assume our audience is basically Danny's family at this point. Yeah. I actually sent them all Christmas presents, so... Oh. I didn't hear anything back. A little late for January, but, you know, that's fine. Last time on MQBD, Whiskers has died, killed by Bloodswine and the evil that followed the boar. But there is still hope. A small shred of hope. Berga told the group of an altar at the Spire of the Whispering Winds. An altar that could possibly bring Whiskers back. I want to emphasize possibly. It could go either way here, people. I really don't know what's going to happen. And it's been giving me anxiety pretty much all week. I don't either. Same. Anyway, the gang latches on to any chance they have and decide to take Whiskers' body back to the Spire. Before that, however, they must burn Bloodswine's body. Our heroes sacrifice Bloodswine to Rodane. And when they burn the corpse, a malevolent voice speaks in their minds. And it tells them, an ancient power sleeps in the belly of Spanth, and when it awakens, all will come to an end. No prophecy will save you. Basically, everyone is doomed. Chevin gets a magic dagger, John Cumberland has weird eyes, and Galavin sees a grim. <laughs> a sign that death is on the way. The next morning, a murder of crows, crow. dead crows, begin to fall on the boys. They rush for cover and find a door in the mountain. The gang gets inside to reveal a long, dark hallway with nothing in it but a crossroads sign with many markings pointing in all directions, with each marker bearing the same symbol, a skull etched into the wood. The Quest Boys have finally made it to the Spire of the Whispering Winds. Will they bring their friend back from the dead? Will I have to roll a new character? <laughs> and what else does fate have in store for the Quest Boys? We'll find out now. Yes. Well done. And that is indeed where you find yourselves right now in this long vaulted antechamber with this weathered crossroads sign in front of you pointing in all directions and there is you are in complete darkness uh, unless Galvin has done anything about that I will I will cast light excellent on your on your uh, staffy little chest yes. piece set, uh, yeah. scepter excellent. the bishop glows with moonlight excellent and the glass ball around it suffuses the glow to be bigger than before some moonlight fills this dark, dark hallway. Even with the light, uh, you can't quite see up to the top of these ceilings. That's how high up it goes. It just goes about 60 feet and then disappears into darkness. The floor is cold, smooth gray stone, but there is one long black carpet running the length from the door that you entered back down the hallway that beckons you forward like a great tongue. Berga, where is the altar? It's, um, it's just through here. We're not... This is uh, the entryway to the spire. We just have a little further. Wonderful. 
I mean, so to speak. Yes, quickly, we should go. <laughs> Diamonds of the go. essence here, yeah. Great. So you all start making your way down the hall. <laughs> and uh, as you guys walk, you walk for quite a bit. Uh, and as you make a path down the hallway. <laughs> I can't believe I was like, oh, I'm going to say it again? Really? Uh, Rondri, you are surprised when you hear a voice uh, next to you say, um, mention your name, just Rondri. And you look over yeah. and Penn is standing next to you, just eyes puffy and, and uh, you know, just a determined, fierce look on her face. How are you doing, Rondri? I'll be fine after we we raise whiskers back. You sure seem confident. I don't see any other way around it. I, it this is what has to happen. Wow, your your faith in in you know your gods, I guess, is it's it's good. It's it's uh it's it's really good. Well, I just don't see the point of thinking something bad will happen uh, because when something good happens, I've wasted all that time on thinking on the bad things. What if something good doesn't happen? Well, then we'll deal with that when we get there. It feels like we're already there, Rondri. Not yet. There's still hope. Okay. If you say so. I know so. You don't know so? I can know so. How? Is it one of your books? Yes, I've seen people being raised from the dead before. It, it, it's, it's happened. It, it can't happen again. But it's not exactly... You don't exactly go down to the market and, and resurrect somebody. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. I suppose. Things will, things will work out. I really hope so. And then she kind of puts her head down and kind of walks off on her own a little bit. Clutching the dagger, maybe? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely clutching the dagger. Fingering the little uh, top of the hilt, uh, thinking about whiskers. You all reach the end of the hallway, and it ends in a somewhat anticlimactic plain black stone wall with a simple rectangular passageway just cleanly cut into it. Uh, through this passageway can be seen black and gray curtains, kind of some, heli uh, some heavy, some kind of gossamer, uh, but they're all kind of just gently billowing from some unseen breeze. And as you guys see them, uh, there are words you didn't quite notice before as you kind of take in this passageway uh, that appear uh, right above the right above said passageway in an ominous kind of silver script above the doorless doorway that reads, What fates impose that men must needs abide, it boots not to resist wind deified. Speak my name and enter. It sounds like we need to figure out the, the name of the deity of wind. Berga, well, step, Berga steps forward and she goes, you just have to, you just have to say your name. The Lady of Crows. Veil. Step through. And she kind of gestures forward through the, the curtains. And Berga, Berga follows after and does the same thing. Veil. 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 Uh, you notice John walks up and he just kind of grips his staff and you can tell he's like looking kind of uncertainly towards the thing and not sure if he wants to step forward past the threshold and then 
It's all right, John. Um, I'll go first if you want. Yeah, I think I like that. This place is uh, kind of freaking me out here a little bit. Yeah, I'm scared too. She kind of reaches over and kind of puts her hand on your arm a little bit. She goes, but we got to do it. For whiskers. You're right. Veil. And then she goes through. John takes a deep breath. Veil. Veil. He just walks through. Excellent. <laughs> so the curtains go for a little bit, and as you pass through them, the series of curtains, it's a slightly disorienting experience. As you know, there's like a slight breeze that's kind of buffeting them around you, but they kind of pass over you. Some coarse material, some like silky smooth material, but eventually you all emerge at the bottom of a short staircase that leads up uh, out of a rocky kind of outcropping uh, that leads up to this outer courtyard kind of area, and. This courtyard, I will describe in just a moment. But for now, whiskers. When did you fall unconscious? When when uh, when was the last moment when blood swine fell on you? Was that the last? Yeah. Cool. So the last thing you see, this giant body. I was blinded. That's true. These flies are flying around you. And you just feel the, the like the pressure from this immense weight, and you see a shadow even pass over because you were blinded by these flies. Blinded but they they clear. The flies. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right, I'll give you that one. <laughs> uh, and then you feel this immense shadow even blot past the past the flies. You feel the shadow, and then right as the body is coming down on you, you feel its pressure start to crush you into the ground. Oh. Right as this happens. Uh, you see in the blackness a, a frost-white wolf's head that emerges from the darkness and just slowly comes closer, or not slowly, quickly comes at you and opens its mouth and just the whiteness just overtakes your vision. And then the next thing you know, you are standing there in Bloodswine's cave and... Bloodswine is laying dead on the ground, and your friends are all around you. This, this just bloated carcass sitting right here, and and they are they're pulling at something underneath the the giant boar, trying to get it out. And you look down and you see it's your foot. What the devil? And you look at your hands, and they are just translucent, smoky gray, silvery blue, translucent. Am I asleep? Rondry, Rondry, wake me up. You run over to Rondre, and he is there, but he uh, he does he can't seem to hear you. And if you try to put your hand on his shoulder, he goes right through him. You hear a voice from the other side of the cave that's like half out loud, half in your mind. Go, looks like your candle's been snuffed out, kid. I turn and look. It is a... It's a man uh, with a, a pleasant face, kind of a, a gentle kind of s- smile on human his face. Man? Uh, yeah, he, he seems to be human. Um, kind of uh, long down to the back of the bottom of his head, kind of uh, a str- like straw-like, straw-colored hair, very thin and wispy. Um, but he's got you know a, pl- a, a pleasant smile on his face, and he wears kind of these uh, these long brown robes, and he's leaning up against uh, a tall scythe. I'll point to my friends pulling my body out. Mm-hmm. Am I dead? 
Is that me? Nailed it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Can't help myself sometimes. Where is Rodane? Well, uh, she, as a matter of fact, is, um, well, I'm going to take you up there to her. Then and, why are we talking? Well, I just wanted to let you know what the deal was, and you asked me if you were dead, and then I confirmed it. Um, I'll do the, like, hurry it up. Okay, motion. great. <laughs> well, I'm just <laughs> letting you know that, uh, you know, we're going up to Mount Odyssea now. Most people aren't so casual about this. I got to say, most mm -hmm. people kind of, mm -hmm. totally. whoa, uh, they, it takes them a little while to, like, struggle with having died. But, I, yes. you know, I appreciate your candor. For me, it's old hat. Old hat? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's I do this many, many times a day. So... I'm we gonna... can go right now to Mount Odyssea to receive your judgment, if you like. I mean, that sounds good. To be honest with you, I don't really know what to do with myself. Um... All right. And he snaps his fingers, and he's like, what is... Uh... Okay, hold one a sec. And he looks over, and then you see time jumps forward a bit. Time seems to move a little differently. And the blood swine, the boar, is on fire. It is being sacrificed, and those who are around it are <laughs> standing, burning it. And... As the fire touches it and it ignites, you hear in your head the message that everyone else heard as well. The deep voice. The demon voice. The demon voice that you recapped at the beginning, Jared. Uh, who plays Whiskers? <laughs> um, and at the end of the message, Colto, you look over and uh, Coltowell is just staring at you. And he raises his eyebrows and looks at you and goes, well, that's never happened before. That can't be good. Yeah, that sounded bad. Sounded yeah. like evil. Look, you need to bring me back to the land of the living. I need to help my friends. Oh, well, that's not up to me. And I and I can't reincarnate you because, um, well, you didn't really praise me very much in life. And also... I wouldn't be praising you now, to be honest with you. You're not well, doing me any good. <laughs> well, then there you have your reason right there. <laughs> it's not up to me, pal. You're about to receive judgment. Okie dokie. Here we go. Artichokey. And then he snaps his fingers and you disappear. Meanwhile... <laughs> So fucking casual. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, I'm dead. Whatever. Uh, great. So you all appear out of this stairwell, the stone stairwell, into this courtyard. It is a breathtakingly ominous courtyard. The whole thing kind of looms over you. It kind of goes up and up and up and, and then leans in near the top at sharp points. Uh, but directly ahead of you is a beautiful entryway to some sort of clearly a temple uh it kind of it kind of go, goes up in kind of these sharp bullet-like uh like architectural embellishments that uh, kind of build on each other there's one bullet inside a bigger bullet inside a bigger one that goes up and up and up and up and this and it just you just your heads just careen higher and higher and higher up until you're basically your neck is back as far as it will go and then that is the top of one of the spires of this mountain wow and there is very, you know, all there's very sharp points kind of leaning in towards you. There are uh, black birds perched all around this courtyard, and there is a, a long stretch, about forty feet, to the front door of this of this temple, where the big black doors uh, await you. Come on, let's go. I guess we're we're carrying whiskers on our. Oh, we have the horse inside. You do still have the horse. So yeah. I just and. Hmm. Like sort of jog over to the, the front, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, making sure the horse doesn't like trot too jostly, 
jostlingly. Jostlingly, um, I think it is. Yeah. Did the horse have to say veil before? No, the horse did not. Okay. The horse was just able to go through. Although you did hear it whinny a little <laughs> yeah, something okay, that you could have swore sounded a lot. Equine respect. <laughs> you all crossed crass. You all crossed the courtyard. Uh, it is very ominous. Uh, I will say, if I haven't said that well, enough. Oh, the black okay. curtains and the skulls on every which well, side. Yeah, the vibe in the courtyard, everything is completely silent. The birds who have been cawing madly pretty much since you got to Bloodswine and beyond are completely silent, sitting perched, just watching you all as you make this long, slow, silent walk across the courtyard. It seems to be some sort of calm before a storm. And there are some, there are few, you even see a few spots of disturbed dirt where maybe something was buried or dug up long ago. Little, just little mounds that you can kind of make out. They remember your face. This is what I have heard. What? Crows? Yes. They're very smart animals. I don't like it. Well, just don't mess with them, I think. Doesn't it's... much matter if they remember my face, does it? <laughs> this is a good point. Maybe they remember smells too. I don't know. I think they remember any face, especially a guy like you. Right. Right. I don't like it, guys. We should keep going. I don't like this place at all. You guys make it up to the door. And the door looks like a polished black kind of metal uh, feathers that form this solid wall and in the middle of these feathers pokes out a single little raven head cool kind of poking out of the center metal yeah, yeah it's uh very metal <laughs> and that is say, what you are faced with would you say heavy metal i yeah. knock on the door <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so you knock on this door and you give out two big heavy metal clangs that kind of just echo uh kind of you can tell it's dense metal but it's still you can hear it reverberate and, and sound behind it and you wait a little bit and it takes a little while but after about 45 on, seconds on, to a on. minute of standing there just kind of waiting for something to happen a a little one of the little like feathers in the door slides up and you don't see a face but you'd hear a voice uh come out of that and you hear it go, yeah, what do you want? Who is this? We got an emergency here. Berga is with us. What are you doing here? Our Berga? Friend, our friend has died. We need we need to raise him. You have a you have a, a dead person out there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. And I look yeah, at he's Berga. Dead. Yeah, well, he's dead. You can't he come sure in. We is. don't just let people in. We were sent here. We've been traveling from Misty Mar all the way up here. Why, why do I care about that? You're, we met a man who was an oracle of your god. Who he, are you? Let us in. He had are, you not, are you talking about the bird man? Yeah, yes. we are. Ugh. And then at, at that moment, you hear, you hear a voice behind go, um, a voice also behind the door go, what are they? Did they just mention the, did they just mention the bird man? And then you hear go, yes. And then you hear the voices kind of recede and they're talking amongst themselves for a second where you hear, and you tell they're like arguing vehemently. Like, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Hi. Um, did you say that Berga was out there? Yeah. And we killed blood swine. So let us in. Berga goes, uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Valana, sister Valana. It's me. It's Berga. It's true. They killed the boar. 
Let us in and bring the trolley. No, 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 no. You, you, really? Really, Valana? We have to. Cygnus, we have to. Come on. It's Berga. And they had a run-in with the Birdman. Okay, hold on. And then the metal, the metal feather goes shink, back up. And then you wait about another 30 seconds. And then there is a heavy kachunking as the uh, the raven head kind of pulls into the door with a and then the as the uh, heavy metal raven feather door kind of lifts up and it's just one solid piece that just kind of lifts and lifts and lifts like oh. almost like a drawbridge that kind of eventually reach uh like raises up to the top and it reveals this uh, big entryway and you see uh two figures there dressed in these uh simple kind of black monk robes that are kind of tied off tied off at the waist uh and you see kind of a grumpy older man with uh mutton chops but a bald head the same black bird um kind of tattoos that Berga has on her head and you see a woman in uh, an older woman in about maybe in her 50s uh who is also completely bald same tattoos uh dressed in these monk robes with kind of sharp pointed features and um she steps forward and she goes, um, hi, sorry about that. I am Sister Valana, and I'm sorry to say you have the unfortunate pleasure of meeting Brother Sickness over here. And she kind of gestured to him, and he goes, and then he just kind of tilts his head up at you guys in a quick, like, greeting. Like a bro nod? Yeah, kind of like a bro nod, where he, he's more just like appraising you, but also just like a, a snooty kind of bro nod. Mm. And she goes, um, so we're not supposed to let people into the monastery we do not normally do that but as you all are a special circumstance exceptions must be made please come in take off your shoes and then she kind of gestures at you all forward and and like very magnanimously kind of bows and gestures you all forward sweepingly thank you you are most hospitable and you you are a very good guard for this place i must commend you for your efforts to keep us out Thanks. Clearly, I did a great job. Well, we have some reason to be here, so... And a guard is only as good as his or her discretion. I w John winks at her. <laughs> yes, um, quite, yes. I just got to say you're much more welcoming than... Uh... He looks around the rest of this place. Yeah, as you do look around, you see that you are in this uh, this little, much smaller hallway than you guys were in before, but very clearly still like a foyer. It's about 25 feet to the end of the hall, and then there's another pair of big double doors that seem to lead to a large altar or like chapel of some kind. Uh, and to the left, there is a little small uh, chamber, the little 10 by 10 room from the looks of it, a doorless open. Um, with a table and a couple chairs in there, but there are shoes that look like they haven't been worn in forever, kind of piled up against the wall. And you'll notice that the two of them are barefoot, and they will go, please, please, if you would remove your footwear. Uh, of can, course. Can I leave my dot? I have, I'm really insecure about my hairy feet. Halfling? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, no, but I've lived with halflings. Okay, uh, I'm afraid you're going to have to. It's all right, Roger. We won't. Yeah, come on, little guy. All right, we won't judge. Nobody laugh at me. I you, got hairy feet you, too. You'd be amazed how many hairy feet are in there. And I take look off, at sicknesses, and then sickness has gross hairy feet. <laughs> yeah, those are disgusting. Look <laughs> They're at like those. bunions and corns all over. Look, that toe? one's got pus. Don't look at my feet. <laughs> Stop looking at my feet. Yeah, they're I, weird looking. I take off my feet, and it's just like 
You don't even see skin. It's oh. just hair. <laughs> okay. I was like, Jesus. Okay. Oh, 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 wow. Uh, you weren't it, kidding. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nothing wrong with That's them. They're just impressive. Wow. Sickness looks, yeah, it's normal. Thank you. It's the way it should be. Brother Sickness pulls a black, like small um, kind of trolley thing that looks, it's, it's, it has a one end that kind of rakes uh, down to the ground. So it's ideal for kind of putting a body on. And he brings it up to the horse and, and uh, Vala, Sister Valana will go, um, if you could please hitch the uh, animal outside, there's a little area. Um, we don't allow animals into the monastery either. Sure. And I do so. I'll, perfect. I'll help take whiskers down. Yeah. There's like little perches, little architectural embellishments on the outside that you guys easily hitch the horse up to. And uh, you guys, with a little difficulty as a guy wearing chainmail armor and a big mm-hmm. muscly dude, uh, but with the help of the of Burga and the other monks, you kind of lower this body of whiskers down Come as on, gently but... as you can onto this black trolley. All right. Um, let's go see the auger. And she gestures towards the end of the hallway and uh, then... Um, Cygnus like like lowers the the heavy black metal door, and you see Cygnus black with this little metal. yeah. You see him uh, take out this like long pointed black key and stick it into the the raven bird that was on the outside. There's one also on the inside of the door. It's mouth. You kind of see him stick it in and lock it up. And as he puts the key back around his waist, uh, follow us. Oh. And, uh. Oh, I forgot to take off my shoes. Oh, and yes. And Chevin will make like a show of like fumbling with his laces. And he's like, ah, dang, he's tight. And they'll like flip one off and it bounces around on the floor and kind of like scamper after it. Everybody and watches. Pile it into the pile. <laughs> awesome. Sorry. Sorry about that. He's a little clubsy. That's fine. Uh, right this way. <laughs> like I said, the auger will clear everything up uh, and we can ask her if you can use a... Uh, you, you said you're trying to, Berga, they're trying to bring him back? And Berga nods and she goes, okay, well, let's see how the augurist uh, feels about that. <laughs> right this way. And then walks down the hallway. I'll follow. You guys enter into the main chapel room and it is this uh, dramatically lit kind of giant, like, like maybe 100 feet by 100 feet circle that you're clearly in like the inner... Uh, the inner uh, tower of the spire, basically. As as yeah, they talk about Birdman in that way. Mm-hmm. I imagine yeah. that like Crobin and the others like maybe exchange some. Yeah, of, like what? Crobin's looking at the on? others like, yeah. what are they talking about? John's looking at you guys and like like he knows <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> like totally. he gets it. He's like totally <laughs> like nodding at you guys like yeah, totally, totally. this Birdman thing because he's no idea who who you're talking about. <laughs> And as you enter this giant uh, sanctum, there's dramatic uh, strips of sunlight just coming in and hitting uh, this abstract sculpture uh, in the middle of the, in the middle of the, uh, in the of the sanctum area. And they're kind of little steps that lead up to the middle, the very middle of this tower. There seems to be some sort of chain pulley. Uh, that works some sort of elevator. And as you all get into this roughly near the center and look up, you can see that this chain pulley goes up levels and levels and levels. And there's just like floor and floor and floor and floor built into this spire, this towery spire. And you can see that there are little like planks basically, but like not planks, there are stone walkways built into the floors above so that the pulley can be pulled up and you can exit onto these stone walkways and you know, basically enter onto the floors that are there. And hanging above this pulley system, uh, suspended 
just kind of floating there. You're not even sure how it's suspended there is this abstract sculpture I was mentioning. It's kind of, it looks like it's cut of black glass and it is kind of this amorphous sharp shape, but there is sunlight streaming in uh, just a little bit of sunlight streaming in through some cuts in the spire that seem to be shining right on it and you look to the wall and you can see that uh, where the shadow of this abstract glass sculpture is a crow in mid-flight this like perfect bird shadow up against the wall that's cool. Yeah. And it floats right above this this chain pulley system. And she, she keeps walking you uh, right past this pulley um, through this main area, um, this giant circular area, out out the back way, um, where you all emerge. She kind of, her and Cygnus kind of push open these big heavy uh, doors, and you emerge into this large courtyard. Uh, it is it is this is like kind of rocky mountainous area that has been flattened totally. It is completely flattened, like like imagine just a football field all the way across. Uh, it is about that in length as well, and but it is it is circular. And as you emerge, you can see. Uh, so I told you guys before the Twin Tower Mountains. Each or the sorry the Twin Talon Mountains is the mountain range you guys are on. Uh, and each there are two mountains that supposedly have like three spokes that look like talons. Uh, each one of them. And you guys emerge through the first talon, which is the biggest of the three, and you emerge into this courtyard and you can see the other two uh, tall, talony spires kind of reaching up and bending in the distance, kind of looming over the courtyard itself. Uh, one to the northwest and... Sorry, one to the northeast and one to the northwest. Uh, you know, kind of, I guess, catty-corner to the middle of the uh, courtyard. And um, Sister Valana goes... This is the Abbey of Scant Mutterings. This is where um, the Augur and, uh, well, if there were any seers left, um, that's this is where they would receive their uh, the visions or, or the prophecies from uh, Vale herself. I'm I'm very uh, delighted by your luck to have uh, Burga with you, uh, because if um, not many people know the Lady of Crows' uh, actual name. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm sure she helped you in that regard. <laughs> yes. Solana, let me ask you something. Uh, Volana. Volana, sorry. Sister, Sister Volana. Sister Volana. If you please, yes. I, I will. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Did the Birdman ever call one of his crows anything else but Cassie? Uh, the Birdman didn't have any crows. Not while he was here, anyway. Birdman oh. had he, many crows. He was friends with the birds, quite good friends, but there were none that were with him by any means. He had crows all over him, in his cloak, huh. on his shoulders. Well, that is very bizarre. Indeed. Huh. Uh, well, and as and she, she gestures and she goes, there is, um, there she is over there. And then she points over and you can see in this courtyard about somewhere around 20 to 30 men and women of all ages. Even you can think you make out like one teenager kind of in the same rough spun black tied off monk robes. They are all bald and they all have these black winged tattoos on their heads and they are all training intensely. They, there are some that are sparring and the ones that are sparring do not seem to be holding back at all. They are going like very viciously at each other. They are fast and they are furious and they are just 
just like really going for it, insanely quick. Um, there are some that are just performing, that aren't sparring, that are performing feats of agility on perches that seem physically impossible. Uh, they are just very, very nimble and very dexterous. And there are some amongst all of these that are wearing black crow masks that cover the top half of their faces, completely obscuring their eyes, like blacked out. So you imagine they couldn't even be able to see with uh, long protruding beaks kind of sticking forward. And Sister Valana, Sister Valana starts to lead you all. Uh, there's a center perch right in the middle of this vast courtyard. A high, thin, black, just, just simple perch in the center that would take maybe like three to five minutes to walk there, kind of at the pace you guys are going. But you see that there is a figure perched uh, on top of this of this little this little stand that seems to resemble a massive black bird that as Volana kind of gestures forward and like starts to take a step, it stands up and lifts up into the air and begins to take flight in your direction. And as this happens, there is like a of wings kind of unfolding and flapping. Uh, and then it just glides, it starts to glide the rest of the way towards you. But as this wing flap happens, all of the other monks in the courtyard kind of stop and look up and, and like, like right to this winged shape. And as they see it, then they look towards the door and all of their eyes set on all of you. And they immediately stop what they're doing and start rushing in your direction hurriedly. And this bird-like figure is kind of flying in your direction. They basically fly uh, for a little bit beyond where she is flying. And when they, uh, they see them coming, Sister Valana kind of holds out her hands to all of you and goes, um, just, uh, just don't be calm. You know what? No, don't no, be calm. No, no, no. No, no, be calm. Be, be calm is what I meant. Just be calm. And all of these figures in black robes start to quickly get up to you. I'm going to uh, bow to them extravagantly as they, as as they approach. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So they all approach and they are moving quickly and the minute they get close enough to you to see that you have a body in this trolley, their eyes immediately fix on that and they start to swarm the trolley uh -oh. with Whisker's body and they immediately start uh, kind of touching it and picking up his arm and, and like touching right. on his wrist and touching his face hey a little bit. Hey, that's hey, our buddy. friend. Yeah. Hey, he's hey, dead. Buddy, um, buddy. He's dead. And as this is happening and uh, the the winged figure lands to the ground and kind of just like, like almost like maybe like Superman or Batman kind of lands on the ground. Uh, and she, this hooded figure says, enough. And then all of these these black robed figures, some with these weird masks, kind of uh, back off immediately, and they immediately f just kind of flutter away uh, quickly, back the way they came. And then she stands up and pulls back her hood, and this woman reveals herself. And this woman is unlike anyone any of you have ever seen, probably. She is very tall, very lithe, she is an elven woman, mm. but her skin is milky white Whoa. with long, silky smooth black hair, just raven black hair. And she looks like in, in human years, she might be about f maybe in her uh, early 40s, but you all know elves live longer than that. So she is probably quite, quite old. And she has a number of uh, markings, tattoo 
kind of runic looking tattoos across her face, across her cheeks, and there is an uh, a kind of a kind of tattooed, um, almost tribal looking, but clearly a little more like archaic looking eye emblazoned on her on her forehead, right where the third eye basically mark should be. And in addition to these like tattoos, they're also raised there as if they are scarred as well. So she has these kind of scars and tattoos on her face and one and you know this like this like kind of black eye uh, in the middle of her forehead. And she is very pale, she is very beautiful and as she opens her eyes and lo- looks at all of you, um, she has these like piercing deep purple eyes. And she kind of takes all of you in, and she's wearing these long black robes that kind of come down and are embroidered with these these beautiful feathers. And she goes, um, I apologize for their behavior. It is not often they get to be so close to one who has been touched by their final fate. But alas, that is partly why you are here, yes? Uh, you said final fate? Yes. Uh, no, we're here to bring him back. Yes, that is why you are here. We don't use the word final because mm. it's not done yet. Right. We were told that you all could bring him back. And we thought, well, we helped you out with the boar. And, you know, maybe there's something you could do for Whiskers because he died trying to help. Hmm. This is Whiskers, your friend. And she gestures to the corpse. Yes, a purer servant of his god was were never to be found than him. Let me see. And she gets close and she kind of bends down and, and just lifts his chin up with like the like the tippy tips of her fingers of her fingers. She kind of just lifts his head up to her so she can get a look at his face. And as she does and her cloak kind of her robe kind of uh uh unveils her neck a little bit, mm-hmm. you can see that there are numbers. <laughs> it's just her neck. Don't be weird God about damn it. Hot neck. neck. Hot neck. Sexy, yeah. Man. yeah, she's got. Sexy. She's True. got. She does have tall, pointed ears, of course, as an elf, mm-hmm. uh, sticking out of her black hair. But also on her neck, you can see that there is a series of numbers, uh, very different from the tattoos on her face. Uh, kind of dark red numbers, too many even to count, kind of going down her neck and then disappearing uh, down across her shoulder. Uh, they very faded with time. I was and, never that into mathematics before, but now. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks up and she goes, I am the auger, but you may call me Korvda. We are not able to help you. What? We cannot help you. The only one who can help you now is Vale. Okay, we'll we'll bring her in here. Vale is the god. You cannot ask her. Yeah, I I know. Bring her in here. Dumb idea. You say you helped us with the boar, Burger. They have killed the beast. And then Burger looks up to uh, the auger, and she goes, "Yes, yes, auger." And might I say, it's good to see you again. She goes, yes, it is good to see you too, Burger. Can I do an intuit? Like, yeah. to see if they have anything going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. Uh, insight, I mean, uh, eight. Okay. All you can kind of tell is it very clearly seems to be a, a statusy relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Burger, Burger has gotten down on her knees and kind of bowed to the Augur Corvida. So... Oh. And Corvida kind of gives a, a noble bow herself of the head. 
Um, but it is, I'm going to bow in the same manner then. Oh, okay. You're going to get down on your knees and bow? Yeah. Okay, cool. You get down on your knees and bow. And she looks at you and she smiles faintly and she goes, what makes you think we should help you? You just said you can't. Well, there is the, the prophecy from the bird bad that the world will end if you don't help us. So, you know, just throw that out there. What is this? You the, have encountered the the bird man? Yes. Yes, indeed. <sighs> I'm sorry for his interference with your lives. He must have been very troubling to I you. found his presence delightful in a way. Well, besides the whole, you know, world's going to end. And... Well, yes, but at least we know. And before we met him, we did not know that this would pass. And now we know, and we are trying to do something about it. He showed us visions of a black worm engulfing souls mm -hmm. flying through the air. Metal machines. They were cool. They Rondries. They're up his alley, but th they were death-dealing devices. That mm. part wasn't cool. Mm. And more that I forget, perhaps. Perhaps I should ask you this. If your friend had not faced his final fate, what brings you here? Hmm? The child. Hey, now... <clears throat> Perhaps we could speak. And sure, her eyes lock on you, uh, Chevin, as you kind of clear your throat. No, I mean, that's it was just because uh, we heard there was a problem up here with the boar and y'all were starving. That's uh, yeah, that'll be me. Actually, I uh, I recruited these fellas in town. They look like they were a big, strong folk. And uh, the blood swine was uh, making a mess of the town. Uh, yes. Killing a lot of hunting parties. Why are you here with us now? You, wait, what? That's that what I was under the impression I thought hey, Roundry, just zip it, all right? They don't they don't even know who they don't even believe the bird man. I mean it's all it was a bad idea to come here. These people can't help us. The keys of Eon. Pen steps forward. Pen. What can you tell us about the keys of Eon? That's why we're here. And the auger kind of raises her eyebrows which is clearly not done a lot, a lot, but kind of takes you all in. Does she speak the truth, the child? Yes. This is true. Hmm. That is very curious. Where's Penn in space right now? Yeah. Uh, you all are kind of, you're kind of roughly in a little line semicircle, I would imagine, and Penn is over by Whisker's body in the trolley. I'm not going to let them mm -hmm. get between me and yeah, Penn. Yeah, for sure. They do not. Yeah. She's kind of just standing in front of all of you still. And she looks over all of you and she goes, well, let us see what we can do for your friend first. And then I believe we have a great deal to discuss. I would love to discuss whatever we would like to discuss, milady. <laughs> We knew you were coming. We were always going to help with your friend. I just wanted to hear what you would say. Follow me. 
and she then walks straight through all of you back into the spire. Uh, lady, just, uh, sorry to. Uh, can we just stop using the term uh, "final fate"? Uh, it just feels so solid <laughs> and and and. Can we just say like he's in limbo or something? Yeah, she walks right by you, but Berger goes, "Um, oh yeah, no, they they're gonna. She's not gonna. She's gonna, yeah. <laughs> about uh, <laughs> hanging out or something. Yeah. Hanging, hanging out. Uh, but tell us. <laughs> <laughs> she leads you back into the spire, and she sent leads you to this center platform, this kind of uh, twenty by twenty foot circular chained pulley, and uh, Berger along the way tells you. We're going to, where she's going to take us to the altar of unveiling. It's at the, it's at the top. And she kind of looks all the way up. And as she says that, the, there is a, there is a monk there who is kind of, uh, activating this pulley device (sighs) that is now lifting all of you with whiskers in the trolley up and up. And you start to raise up through this spire. Uh, and it's going to take some time to reach the top of the spire, but this chain pulley starts to lift all of you higher and higher and higher into the air where you pass floor after floor after floor. You can see that many of these floors seem to, uh, contain rooms. A lot of these rooms don't have doors on them, uh, but uh, the first maybe 15 floors seem to be jammed like, like rooms that hold libraries jam-packed with uh, books and and, and writs and, and all sorts of writing and of all kinds just kind of jam-packed in them. Uh, and as you get higher and higher, uh, you get past those rooms and you pass uh, these rooms that just kind of disappear into dark hallways, dark stone hallways. And you all get higher and higher until you see there is actually a little opening in the top of the spire. And the chain pulley takes you all the way up. And as you look up, you see dark clouds hanging overhead. Can, can, while I'm, while I'm going up, can I press the digitate moon behind the crow that's flying? Yeah, like absolutely. Crow? Yeah. Just, a, just while we Absolutely, pass. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right above the little, because the, the abstract statue that kind of floats above the chain pulley uh, as it moves, it kind of like more, um, it has this like weird amorphous nature to it that as it moves, it seems to flap in like a weird globular way Whoa. as it moves. And you put a little bit of moonlight behind it and it starts to shine in no, I want, strange I want, ways. I want there to be, because there's like a shadow of a crow on the wall. Oh right? yeah, I see I what you're saying. I want there to be a, like a, a white moon, little crescent moon with that crow. Oh, on the, like the shadow on the wall. On the wall yeah. yeah. As, as it moves, the shadow disappears from that patch of light, okay. so everything is kind of thrust into darkness, right. and then the minute it touches another patch of sunlight, another crow shadow on the okay. wall in a different I'll position. I'll try to, like, I'll just make it a game to try to... Yeah, just popping the little moons, like, on the target. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Can I whisper to Galavin out of yeah. your shot of the of, like, the monks? You're, it's about a 20 foot by 20 foot platform, but I think you can, like, get, you could probably whisper in his ear if you wanted to get up right next to him and go, like, yeah, you probably could. Galavan. It was a bad idea to come here. We should have taken the girl home. This is all. It's feeling wrong. We shall see. I will not let her out of my sight. These gods, they don't care. They don't care about people like us. Trust me. I don't know what you've seen, but... I know what I've seen. I tell you, I have seen my God. What do they want her for? We don't even know what they want her for. They don't even know who the Crow Man is. This is true. 
I do not know. But we are here. There's no way out now. Just be ready. I am. If you get the chance, tell Rondri. But make sure it stays quiet. <laughs> I will not stay quiet. <laughs> so as, as you all look up towards the top of this spire and the pulley starts to rise higher and higher, Whiskers, you are in the vast blackness of space floating on a silver cloud that has the substance of solid matter. And it is not much bigger than you are. It's maybe a five by five little little cloud shape. Like you're, Nimbus. Yeah, Goku's like, Nimbus. Yeah, it's, exactly like, it's exactly like Goku's Nimbus. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, yeah. what am I thinking of? I know yeah. somebody stands Nimbus, on a cloud. Yeah, for sure. It's totally like, yeah, little Goku's Nimbus. And you are just floating in this giant, vast black void. And in the far off in the distance, you could see stars twinkling far, far off. Pretty. But also in the space, which is <laughs> kind of strange. So. <laughs> it is. It is quite pretty. Um, <laughs> there are streaks of lightning, like forks and tridents of lightning that are just careening through space uh, quite oddly. And But they are not going quickly. They are like, like they've been slowed down in time. These bolts of lightning just kind of gently arcing across Ooh. the space. And I trace one with my finger. Yeah, you do. And as you do this, <laughs> take eight electricity damage. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, no, uh, you see towering above you in this vast blackness of space, this massive figure that has kind of the features with dwarvish features, but towering over you. Huge nose, you know, the giant beard, but his beard is made of storm cloud and lightning. And he is, himself seems to be an incorporeal being made of, of just like big billowing dark clouds and lightning bolts for fingertips. And then they're, they're lightning bolts one second and they're giant massive swollen fingertips a second. And he towers over you and he points down at you and he goes, I am Thaldeus. God of storms and trials, Donatello Whiskers, are you ready to receive your judgment? Um, question. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of rub the, the spot where the worm went in. Mm -hmm. Um, do you mind answering a couple questions for me real quickly? Coach Well was kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now is not the time for questions. Kind of wondering how I died. I've got to ask him. You were crushed by a big pig. <laughs> Order to the courtroom. And as this happens, all the lightning suddenly seems to strike all around you. Deafening boom happens. And Thaldeus kind of stares down at you. And he goes... This court will be brought to order. Now, of course, today's proceedings will all be done with the blessings of Soline and Lamond. Now, normally, I would be joined by the goddess of justice, Rodain. <gasps> oh. I put my hands together. <laughs> <laughs> but she has expressed her wish to not be here. Oh. Whiskers will put his head down and his arms go limp. That's what I've been trying to say, y'all. And normally for a holy night, as was Donatello Whiskers. His deity would be here, but as it is also Rodane, 
We shall proceed. More lightning strikes. <laughs> so, it is decided already. He will not be reincarnated. He's already done too much and affected too many lives. So, the decision is to be made. The underworld was the afterlife. The defense. And then a figure, another looming tall figure. This one made of white billowing cloud and gentle rainfall and just his body is entirely mercurial and liquid in nature shows up. Uh, he kind of looks like a like a, a very gentle, graceful, live uh, elven man one second, yeah. but then he is just like a pouring waterfall of the second and his, his, uh, he, his eyes are constantly kind of weeping and he looks down and he goes, Anuet, speaking for the defense, for Donatello Whiskers. And then Thodeus goes, and for the prosecution. And then he kind of looks down, like like almost like he doesn't want to look it in the eye. And then from below you, from the vastness of space, you hear like a howling. And almost like it's being like like a oh. Doppler effect kind of no 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 not like a wolf oh. like a like like a screaming a keening that's kind of being ripped from far far below, just kind of ripped higher and higher and it gets closer and closer and closer and all of a sudden there is this towering figure above above you, this tall skeletal woman who barely has any skin on her Ugh. at all, with these tall steepled fingertips kind of placed right under her chin, who had no, no hair, sunken in eyeballs, and uh, just, just almost completely skeletal in every way. Not quite rotting, but just completely pallid and awful looking. Uh, looks down at you and she goes, and Gaul, goddess of the underworld, speaking for the prosecution. Let this judgment begin. That is my job, I say that. <laughs> <laughs> we will now begin. If any of you out there have anything to say, now is the time. And that's where we'll call it. Holy shnikes. Jesus. Yeah. The judgment Aww. of the gods. The judgment yeah. of the oh, gods. God. <laughs> oh, God. Nice one, dude. Uh, thanks, thanks, thanks. Uh, that's funny. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we love you. You are our little tiny babies. Um, tune in next week to find out what happens next with Whiskers and with the divine judgment and with the resurrection. Uh, please give us, uh, you know, shoot us a review. Uh, subscribe, rate, uh, tell a friend, please. If you like D&D and you got D&D friends, Yo, just like tell them about it. Be like, yo, I like this podcast. I've listened to it this far. Um, clearly, you'll like it. And uh, and when you're in your review, write us something positive. Say that you love each one of us like a brother, a dad, and a boyfriend. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, no. no. All right, I you, know. You probably shouldn't do that. But you Danny do does it. know. You can call me any one of <laughs> those it. things. Yeah, okay. Seth, Jared will happily be called any of those things. He's all of those things to different people. It's very true. Uh, thank you all very much. Thank you much to Eric DeLong for writing the music. Yeah. And guys, we want to talk to you. Please shout us out. Uh, talk to us at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, send us a message. Uh, email us at magicquestboys at gmail. We haven't promoted the email in a long time. Dude, Shoot us an email. She went over. I'm I'm looking. I'm like every day checking that. Email. Are you people, guys? Please send emails. People still send emails. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, bro. In. 
All that's coming into the email. I sent at least two today. Damn. At least two. All that's coming into the email is a bunch of Reddit notifications that I never (laughs) sent. It would make me really happy to see something come in from one of you guys. You have any questions about the show? Suck it, Reddit. Want to say hi? You know, I'll write back. I will. Nice. Uh, And if you do talk to us on social media, please use our hashtag MQBD. Thank you all for listening very much. Again, come back next week. Uh, oh, also, we've got a couple shout outs. Yo, shout outs. <laughs> shout out time. Cool. So, our first shout out is Jesus. Uh, our first shout out is from Fuck You Thanks on iTunes. Classy. Thanks for the review. Fuck You Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. Not, fuck you. Thanks. Not, Thank you. Fuck you. Thanks. Uh, no, no. Seriously. Uh, we love you. Um, thank you very much, Jack Sauce. J-A-Q, Jack Sauce. Who <laughs> wrote us a review on iTunes. Nice. That is a saucy name, and that's I like name. it. Do you think that's a Jacqueline? Uh, oh, it could be. Could be a Jacqueline. Or a Jacques. Jacqueline Sauce or yeah. a Jacques. Tune in next time. We'll, we'll never we'll find out. out. No, I'm going to get to the bottom of this mystery, and I'm going to let everyone know next time. <laughs> uh, thank you, Shoku, at Real Shoku on Instagram for spreading the word on Instagram. We love Instagram, so if you're on Instagram, please hit us up. Real Shoku rules. That's my dude. Oh, that's your bro? I don't know. I don't know him, but he's cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Everyone dude. hit up Real Shoku. They are cool. I don't know who they are. Uh, I also want to give a personal shout out to Colin from Stumptown Coffee Stump. Roasters. Uh, just because he's the first person that we've run into IRL. A friend of a friend of mine got coffee and mentioned oh. D&D, and this guy mentioned our podcast. What? Whoa. Whoa. First time telling that's the cool. guys. Okay. The gym, okay. So. That's cool. That's awesome. About it. That's awesome. That's horny. Yeah. That is horny. Uh, next, oh, the last last shout out we have is Knuckle Puck. Knuckle Puck, we love That's you. That's my bro, Sam. That's true. It's oh, Sam Jared's yeah. brother. Thanks for listening. Thanks also, for the review on iTunes. We were gonna give you a shout out two weeks ago on your birthday, but uh, Whiskers died, so that took over your birthday. So happy birthday! <laughs> Ouch. That was our real birthday gift to you. Happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday, <What>? Knuckle Puck. <laughs> all right, thank you all very much for listening. We will see you all next week. Uh, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. The magic quest is dragon quest magic quest is dragon quest magic quest is magic quest boys magic quest is town the magic quest is dragon quest magic quest is dragon quest magic quest is magic quest boys magic quest is town